One of the greatest needs of life, one of the greatest needs of our lives is to know that we are loved. We gotta know that we are loved. Now, when I look back uh, to my younger years, there, there was a way uh, that I could know I was loved. I remember pulling petals off flowers, saying, she loves me, she loves me not. She loves me, she loves me not. Anyone else do that when they're younger? Come on, don't be, don't be shy. Yeah, a lot of us did. Yeah. See, so I wanted to know if I was loved by the girl I had a crush on. Now, obviously, this game was not the best assurance of, of being loved, because, right, it can kind of change from flower to flower, uh, right? Uh, or change from day to day. So really, uh, not the, the best way to know, uh, but it was fun. It's what we did. But I think that whether young or old, there is a universal need deep in our souls that asks, am I loved by God? Am I accepted? Am I valued by the one who made me? See, we might not be pulling petals anymore, but we might base our standing with God by how good or bad we're doing. Kind of, and it can almost be kind of random. It's our feelings, we've talked about this in recent weeks, our feelings can go up and down day by day. And we have, let's get that on the screen here, we have a back and forth misperception of how God feels about us. Okay? Kind of back and forth. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. See, when we have a good day, feel like we've done some good things, our feelings are up, we think, he loves me. But then when we have a, our bad days, and we do something, we know we've kind of fallen short with God, we think, he loves me not. And we go back and forth like this. Back and forth. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. Now here's the thing. Usually people make the things they love and they love the things they make. It's the same with God. He has made what he loves and he loves what he has made. Us. You see that? Just like with people, it's the same with God. God doesn't make garbage. God makes what is good. He says, I love what I have made. And so it would be good for us here in this message to, to go back to the beginning. I spoke with the kids about some scripture and I said uh, some things about the very end of the book of the Bible, uh, the, the book of Revelation, which gives us great hope for the future that God has for us when we just simply believe, but then we also need to go back to the very beginning and see the foundation of our creation. So 
you know how God creates things day by day, and so day one, there's that creation, okay, and then he says, and God saw that it was good. Yeah, so you know that. Day two, there's some more creation happening. Okay, we're, we're getting going a little bit more, and then God saw that it was good. Day three, day four, day five, yep, God saw that it was good, amen. Uh, and day six, the last day of creation, before day seven, you know, God taking some rest, which that shows us we need to take some rest too, okay, to live healthy lives, you know, to rest, uh, to worship, to rest, to thank God for what he's given us. But day six, see, something changes here. Day six, something different happened. We were made. Huh? We were made on day six, and we were made out of the dust of the earth and by the breath of of God. We were made and we are still made different than every other creature upon the earth. For we were made in God's likeness. That's a big thing. I'm not going to go into all what that means to this morning, but, but we're supposed to understand we're, we're special, unique of all creation, made in God's likeness. And in Genesis, 131. On day six, we hear something different now. Not just that God saw that it was good. He saw it, it was very good. When he sees us as his children made in his likeness. Not just good, very good. It's as if God was saying, I really love all this stuff that I've made, but I really love you, my children. See, we might make many things in the world, but the love of those things does not compare to the love we have as parents for our children. See, this, this begins to help us make a connection with God and us, the love we feel for our children. See, we need to hear this today because our default mode so often is to think that God is primarily mad. God is primarily sad. But today I really want us to move to another word, and that's glad. Okay? We often think God is mad at me. God is sad about what I've done. And here's the thing. Yeah, there are times, just like as parents or with those that we love, we might get mad or we might get a little sad when we see things hurting our children, hurting others. Yeah, that should stir up some emotion. So I'm saying, God does have that. Okay? So there's sometimes, I think, I think the mad or sad from God comes when he sees our sin or the sins of others or evil happening among us that, that can hurt us. Okay? But we need to look at how glad God is. Because we see that in here. We see how God glad, how glad God is. So I want to go, that's our first main point this morning, is God is not mad or sad. God is glad in his affections for us. Just that word affections, we often don't think God even, even has that for us. Or we, we think, well, we know up here, right? Yeah, God loves us, we know up here. And part of this message, and part of what I believe God wants to do in our lives, is to move this from up here of like, yeah, I, I guess I know God loves me. But with that struggle day to day, oh, he's mad or sad, oh, I wonder. God's saying, I, 
I want you to not just to know up here. I want you to start to feel and hear my love for you. I mean, to actually know God has affections for us. Great and wonderful affections of love for us. See, again, we often think mad or sad when it comes to God. But the first feeling God has for us, the first feeling is love. This is God's first posture towards us as his children. This first posture is one of love. The main theme of the Bible is that God made us, loves us, and wants a personal and abiding relationship with us. And even though all of us have sinned, yes, we know that. We've sinned, we've disobeyed, we've walked away. But even though we've walked away, you know, the Bible says God never walks away from us. We might walk away, but he comes after us. The Bible shares he is a good shepherd who goes after his lost sheep. He wants all the children to come back. Let's look at Zephaniah. This is in the Old Testament, chapter 3, verse 17. Just receive these words for you today. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will, here it is, rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Isn't this good to know? This is good news. That he will rejoice over you with gladness. Have you thought about that before? God is our Heavenly Father, our loving Dad. He says, I, I rejoice over you with gladness. I made you. I will exult over you with singing. You know, when I was thinking about singing a little bit, I thought, wow, those who sing for, for others I often think of either a parent singing, right, over their little one, the little baby, going to sleep, that tenderness of that singing. God has that for us. You also think of, of uh, you know, that young man who, who wants to sing for his fiance, sing for the young lady. Just say, I, I, that, that love, when that singing comes forth, that's, I, I love you so much, I'm gonna sing. I'm not gonna sing for you today, don't, don't. but, you know, it's often when that love in the relationship comes, there's that singing. God sings over us. Now, this verse uh, is known as the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Well, if I know John 3.16, God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. It's John 3.16 is such a hopeful promise. They're saying that Zephaniah, even though it's 3.17, it's kind of known as the John 3.16 of the Old Testament because of how powerful it is. Well, now I want to go from Old Testament to New Testament. And we're going to look at Jesus for a moment here. And this comes uh, right after he was baptized. We had a baptism today. And this is said right after his baptism. After he come up out of the waters, it says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy what wonderful words for jesus to hear 
See, he heard these words before he started his public ministry of miracles and all the great things that he did. See, Jesus didn't have to do anything. He didn't have to earn. This is very important here because we're going to swing this to us in a minute. He didn't have to do anything to hear these words from his dad. He didn't have to do anything. He did not have to earn the love like we often think we do. The love was already there. See, always trying to be good does not make God love us more. See, God already loves us. This is what you need to know. God already loves you, and that's what makes us want to do good and to be good, is that love is already there. See, knowing that he was dearly loved propelled Jesus into the work of bringing the heavenly kingdom on earth. See, his identity came before his mission. It was this way for Jesus. It's the same for us. We need to know who we are. Whose we are. And then we can become confident and live as people of God's kingdom. And in that, we will start to learn more and more his special calling on our lives. Just like the calling of Jesus. And we know for us it's a different calling, okay, than our Savior and Lord. But nonetheless, to be secure in the love of God, the love of the Father, will propel us into knowing and living out our calling in life. Now, I would say it's always comforting, isn't it, when somebody prays for us? I think it's always comforting. Someone doesn't just say, oh, I, hope, I hope it gets better. I hope they say, yeah, I'm going to keep you in prayer. I'm going to pray for you. I think that's a very comforting thing. I want you to know that Jesus has prayed and is still praying for you. That's, that's good news. Jesus is praying. And we're going to look at John 17. Now, this is one of the best-known prayers of Jesus. It's one of his longest prayers before he went to the cross. This prayer. And I want to read these few verses. And this prayer is an eternal prayer. It continues from the eternal one, this eternal prayer for us. He says, I in them and you in me, speaking to the Father, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me. This is, here it is, very important. And have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus goes on to say, I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known, in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. The prayer of Jesus to the Father on our behalf reveals an amazing truth. The love God the Father has for Jesus is the same love he has for us. Whoa. Just let that sink in a little bit. The love God the Father has for Jesus is the same love he has for us. 
This is an astounding truth. One that if we truly embrace, this will change our lives. Let's go to the next slide. I want to read this for us. Now this, uh, I found this from a pastor. His name is Pastor Zach Poonan. He's a, or the Christian Fellowship Church in Bangalore, India. He's over in India, our brother, pastoring over there. And he said these words. Says, All Christians believe theoretically in a loving Father in heaven. But the fact that they are often worried and anxious and so full of insecurity and fear proves that they don't believe it deep down in their hearts. There are fewer still who would dare to believe that God loves them as much as he loves Jesus. None of us could dare to believe such a truth if Jesus had not plainly told us that it was so. Once your eyes are opened to this glorious truth, it will change your whole outlook on life. All murmuring and depression and gloom will vanish from your life altogether. I know this can happen, for it happened in my life. This is now the unshakable foundation of my life. God loves me just as he loves Jesus. There is nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there is nothing you can do to make God love you less. See, now we know how God feels about us. Now we know he's not mad or sad when he thinks about us, but he is glad and he is joyful that we are his children. Yes, there are days that we feel bad. Yes, there are days that we mess up and fail. I have them as much as you do. But in those times and in those days, do not run from God. Run toward God. See, when the prodigal son did that, when the prodigal son, after being away, wandering, all the things that he did, he knew he needed to come back home. And he thought, he, he worried about being accepted by the fa his father, whom he disrespected. And when he left, he said, you know, basically, Dad, you're, you're dead to me. That's basically what happened in the story. I'm, I'm out of a new life. I'm leaving. You and the family, leaving. And he wondered, will he even receive me when I come back? And we know what happened. The father received his son with open arms. As we begin to close... I want you to think of little Timothy who was baptized today. Did he have to do anything for Ellen and Chris to love him? Did he have to do anything for them to love him? 
Did he have to try really, really hard to be a good newborn to earn their love? Of course not. Now realize that this is the same way God feels about us. And maybe we should multiply it by a million. It's hard for us to comprehend, but we need to try. See, the, the Bible tells us that his love is perfect. His love is powerful. His love is all-consuming. His love is eternal. And it's hard to grasp, but just know that God's love for us is really, really big. I want to end here with a picture in my office. I want you to say it with me. Love never fails. Always remember that. The love of God for you will never end. Will never fail. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are our dad who joyously loves us. Help us to know and to feel your love like never before. Through Jesus and your Holy Spirit, break down any barriers in our thinking Anything in our past that would hinder us from knowing that we are, we are your beloved daughters and sons. The defining feature of your character and your being is love. Lord, we know that people live for what they love, but they will die for what they truly love. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us how valuable we are to you by dying for us, by making a way to come back. There is no greater love. Amen.